welcome to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast, sponsored by Motivate Training and Management. This is a podcast where we talk to drivers and industry experts to help you maximize your performances on and off the track. Let's get started with today's show. Hello crew and welcome back to season four of the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. I am your host Belinda Risley and today on episode 105 I'm rejoined by Cody Mackay. We last heard from Cody on episode 63. On this episode we're going to hear around how he's been able to engage sponsors in 2022, the role that social media has played in gaining sponsorship, how he's been able to actually grow his social media following after 51 thousand people on Facebook or MetaForce now, whatever it's called, (laughs) and how he goes about his work-life balance, being a business owner, a partner, obviously a race car driver, and really the, the role of COVID or how that's played within his business as well. Stay tuned, guys, right to the end of the show. We do have a special, there's a checklist to download called Getting Started in Motorsports. So if you're new to motorsports, head over to our website, motivatetraining.com.au forward slash started and download our free checklist. Hope you enjoyed today's show and looking forward to bringing you so many more episodes in 2022 with different guests. Next week, we're going to have Charlotte Woods on talking around branding. Let's get started. Hello, Charlotte, and welcome back to the Most Sport Coaching Podcast. Hi, Belinda. Thank you so much for having me. Well, the last time we caught up was the 11th of October, 2018 on episode 15. Hmm. What has been happening in the last three years <laughs> in the world of athlete brands? Well, so much and then so little. Nothing has really changed. I mean, there's been a big pandemic. That was something that happened. Um, and I'm excited to talk about, you know, the changes for sponsorship and everything else that have happened as a result of that. But really, we've just kept doing athlete branding and growing and working with more athletes and and learning more about athletes and how they work and what works best for them, um, which is exciting. Uh, we launched uh, a new portal in 2019 called Elevate, um, which was exciting as well because that's been really helpful for athletes because they can just dip in and out of it and get what they want um, without having to follow those online steps. But um, yeah, not that much. We've just kept tracking on and, and, and that's been exciting to, to keep working with athletes and, and helping them build their brand. And did you actually have a name change since we last spoke? I think. You're right, Belinda. consultant <laughs> <laughs> before. And possibly change. I can't remember either. I'm just like going, has it changed? You're right. That was a really big change. Um, That did happen. I forgot that happened because it happened so seamlessly and it felt so natural for us that we already felt like it had happened by the time it already rolled around. We were previously the sponsorship consultants and then we rebranded as the brand builders. Um, So previously we were just doing sponsorship in the athlete and sports space and now we do sponsorship and athlete branding overall under the brand builders so yes we have had a name change that would be that would be something that happened in the last few years <laughs> I can't believe I forgot <laughs> okay I'm here to remind you know, it's fine <laughs> we are talking about athlete branding for those that are new to motorsport what is athlete branding mm, yes so the the simple way that I like to put it like the bare basics version of athlete brand is how people remember you and what they remember you for Um, so to put that 
a little more fancy, I guess. It's the impression you make and the impact that you create. So basically, what do people remember you for? Is it um, the fact that you speak about mental health and you're an ambassador for mental health? Uh, do you enter every room and say hello to everyone and thank them for their time? Uh, do you leave your room um, with a smile? Uh, what do you do on the track that people remember? Do you finish every meet with a big wave? Do you always talk to the fans? Um, so it's what people remember about you and the things that people most commonly remember and stick in your brain about your brand are passions and interests, your values, your visual style, um, your message. If you have something that you speak about a lot on, um, maybe an attitude that you've developed in sport, um, something like that. That's that's your brand really is how people remember you and what they remember you for. Um, and it's stuff that you do on the track and also off the track um, that, that people remember you and know you for. Wow. I love branding. There's so much to it, as you're very passionate about as well. So if someone's looking to get started with branding, what's the first thing to unpack? Like you said, there's lots of things, like passions and hobbies and interests and colours and values and stuff. So what's the number one step of just getting started um, for an athlete? And and when we say an athlete, we mean like every, every competitor. Mm. So you can say that as well. It's not always like those that have had the best um, race results or the best outcomes and so forth. This is for any athlete where, where, wherever you are on your journey. Is that right, Shell? Yes, 100%. It's for everyone. Everyone has a brand um, and so you need to know it and be in control of it so that you can access opportunities and have this incredible life in and beyond sport. So it's for everyone. It Brand doesn't discriminate. It's, it's not um, just for people with faces on cereal boxes. It's for everyone. Um, but in terms of the first step, it's really basic, but it, it is important. I have to say it. You have to identify what that brand is. A lot of people skip and they say, okay, well, I want to develop my brand. So maybe I should just start doing sponsorship or start growing my social media. But you've got to identify what that brand is first because you'll find yourself in a muddle later on. You'll start going, oh, I don't, I've built this following on social media, but I'm not sure what I'm really doing doing with it I'm not sure if I am communicating my values um, so that's that's something that's really important so identify that brand and identify every piece of that brand because they all work together so think about what are your interests don't just be looking at who am I on the track be thinking about who you are off the track as well so what are your interests do you love photography and cooking can they be a part of your brand what are your values what's your code of conduct um, like I was saying before, do you shake everyone's hand when you enter a room and greet them and have a big smile? Um, what are those things that you want to be known for and you want people to remember you for? That is the most important first step is that you have that foundation, that base of what my brand actually is so that then you can go and start building it and communicating it really purposefully and feel like you're in control of it and, and confident about where you want it to go. And another great point that you just mentioned there, apart from identifying the brand, is that it'll give you other opportunities for social media content, which I know that athletes um, really struggle with um, at a lot of the time, um, especially those that may only race five or six times per year. They don't know how to fulfill that social media content calendar. So having all of those other things in place, like hobbies and interests and your passion, it can help come through on that branding side with that content development. Oh, definitely. That's one of the things that I'm really passionate about is helping athletes with 
social media and athletes who don't enjoy using social media or feel like they're in a bit of a rut, if you build your brand and you identify what it is, exactly like you said, if you've got a few other areas of your life that you can post about, like you love cooking or you love spending time with friends and family, whatever it is, that's a content bank for you. And you'll suddenly see that social media becomes so much easier or so much more enjoyable because you're sharing all parts of yourself and not just restricting yourself to only posting about sport. And it's also beneficial um, to help you gain sponsors as well because they get to see you. And as we know, um, sponsors invest in people. And so it helps them to understand who you are as a person. Mm, absolutely yeah and it helps you also stand out a little bit they'll remember the athlete who posted about life on the track but also posted about that love of cooking and was sharing really cool recipes versus the other athlete that maybe they're looking at to sponsor who's just posting about um, life on the track they'll remember you better because you've got that other little detail that they'll say oh I remember them that's kind of cool I like who they are um, off the track as well yeah, and especially if you're seeking sponsorship from that person as well. So if you identify, hey, I want to be sponsored by Smith's Chips um, and you can go into the snack challenge uh, around about how to make the perfect snack Smith chip, um, you know, something like that, something look quirky um, and inventive is also going to help you with being identified for sponsors. Yeah, definitely. I want to see everyone's Smith snack challenge if you get a Smith sponsor. <laughs> that would be very cool. Something interesting. <laughs> It's really nice. different. Um, obviously, I watched that snack show. <laughs> Did you quite enjoy it? Did you watch it? No. 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 It sounds like a great idea, though. I will I will go and seek it out now because I want a new I want new ways to use Smith chips. That, Correct. Would, be, that would be great. Apart <laughs> from social media uh, content and um, for obviously for sponsorship, uh, for seeking sponsorship, um, why else is it important for an athlete to have a brand? It really, it helps you out throughout all areas of your life. And, and every athlete has different goals that they want to pursue. So you might not want to go for sponsorship. It might not be your thing. Maybe you're able to, to finance your sport in different ways. Um, so it, that might not be the goal for you or it might not be the goal right now. Social media might not be something that you care a lot about um, right now. You might be a really young athlete and so it's not a priority right now. Or your parents are managing it for you so you've got to look at okay what are my goals and I promise you whatever goal it is your brand will probably help you so let's say that you uh, really want to do public speaking your brand is going to help you with creating content for speeches sourcing the kinds of companies that you want to speak for the events that you want to speak for that's really helpful for you um, if you're an athlete that's thinking about transitioning into that career space your brand can help you with building your LinkedIn profile learning how to network with sponsors. I did this last year with an athlete who is moving up in their company. They um, work for a law firm and they need to make connections with people higher up in the firm with them. But they're absolutely terrified of that networking piece because they're younger and they don't know how to do it and have conversations with people who are 20, 30 years beyond them in their career. And so we looked at, okay, well, what are your brand elements and what are some fun, light discussion pieces that you can use to start those networking conversations so it doesn't feel so sort of suits and tie and, and scary, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it can help with those sorts of things as well as just having conversations with people. Um, but, you know, career, social media, sponsorship, public speaking, 
those are the big ones. Every now and again, someone surprises me and wants to write a book or um, do some sort of physical challenge. Um, charity activations, it can help you pick which kind of charities that you want to work for as well. So there's lots and lots of benefits. If, if you've got a specific goal, I promise you, your brand is going to help you in some way because it's going to help you with the, the networking side of things, the communication, the leveraging, um, those conversations that you're having. It, it's, it's got so many benefits that it can help with throughout your life. And is it okay to change your brand as you grow your career? Yes, definitely. And do you recommend yeah. that or do you recommend? Yeah, it's, it's completely normal. I don't think that you'll ever 100% overhaul it because that means you've probably had a pretty big change in your life if, if every element of your brand changes. So it will most likely be subtle little changes here and there. So what I see a lot is younger athletes, sort of under 23 athletes, they start out and they have trouble with that um, interest and passions piece because they haven't thought a lot or had the time to develop interests and passions outside of sport. And so we'll put in some sort of placeholders and white things, things for them to explore and discover. And then as they get older, they start to, okay, actually I've learned that um, I'm really passionate about mental health. That's something that's been part of my personal story. And so I'd like to start incorporating that now and make it my message and start doing events and speaking and charity activations with that. So if your life changes, your brand should change alongside that, especially if you're on the younger side. That's probably where you're going to see it more is if you're under 23 um, or even under 25, you'll, you'll see you'll gradually start making some changes to your brand and that's totally fine and normal. It's just you changing as a person and then that being reflected in your brand. Yeah, and I find that the values change as well. Obviously, yeah. a value of an 8-year-old is going to be different to a 12-year-old, to a 16-year-old, to a 20-year-old. So I feel that those values and then once those values change, then all of those other things that you've just mentioned kind of start to trigger as well mm -hmm. and then it um, <clears throat> starts to move slowly. Um, Definitely. Not into a brand new but something new and exciting. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they get new logos, they might get new sponsors, they get um, new motivation for the reason behind their logo as opposed to just having their initials or something that they start to, to fill their brand after, after a while. Yeah, definitely. And I think the values piece as well, as you get older, you start to understand the importance of it more as you get older. And so with the branding side of things, you start to really say, okay, I'm really going to try and align my brand with my values and I'm going to choose sponsors that align with my brand. Um, and so that's a good thing. You, you'll probably see that the changes to your brand are positive, not negative. Yes, we like being positive here. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about being positive and building the brand and one of the benefits of that. Um, you mentioned before about life after sport and it's a mm. very big topic, um, not just only in motorsports, but I think in every topic, uh, every sport, sorry, mm. um, about, you know, once athletes do hit the, the pinnacle of their career and, and they leave the sport through whatever reason, what, what is life after that when um, sport has been such a big part of their life growing up? Um, but you mentioned about, you know, branding being an important role and it playing an important part in helping them grow and go forward with their career. How does that help exactly? Mm, yeah. So after sport, it is such an important and vulnerable piece of your career as well, that time after sport um, when you transition out. You, you often 
you need time um, on the more sort of touchy-feely side of things to develop and spend time on those interests and passions outside of sport as well. So you can use your brand to help um, do more in that cooking side of things, explore those interests, explore those passions, but also in terms of the the career and the transition piece, looking at, okay, well, how can I use my my brand and my personal story and my platform to help me in the workforce? Maybe you want to continue doing um, sponsorship or entrepreneurial activities in some way. And so that athlete brand and profile that you've created for yourself, it's going to help you now, but also throughout the rest of your career and, and setting up and using the connections that you've already built in sport. You don't have to throw everything away once you step outside of sport. You can take all of that with you um, and thinking about the skills that you've learned um, and how you can apply those and how you can make those connections and do those networking activities. Um, I think one of the things I noticed with athletes is they forget how special it is to be an athlete and that yeah. everyone outside mm-hmm. of sport thinks it's really, really cool and interesting that you were an athlete. We That's don't true. understand that experience if no. you're not an athlete. And so all the fun little facts and skills and, and stories that you have, people want to hear them. And so you can bring those into interviews and your resume and um, those networking opportunities because people want to hear them. It's old news to you, but it's exciting and interesting to everyone else. And that's what I keep preaching to everybody out there about coming onto this podcast, um, regardless of age and experience. Everybody's got a story to tell. Um, but also, like for social um, media content, people want to know behind the scenes stuff because they're living their dream, like they're living their fans' dreams. So mm-hmm. they want to know about the stories. They want to hear your stories on podcasts. So mm-hmm. you know, if that opportunity comes to, to present or to be a speaker um, or to be interviewed, take it and you know get that exposure out there, get that PR um, to help you build that brand behind them. Got one off the quick one for you. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking about all those things you're saying. What if someone identifies with a brand that they have the same value and they could be an asset to that business or company? Um, do you have any tips about them contacting them? Um, not so much about sponsorship, but maybe as an ambassador or just as an influencer since it's the word of the year. Um. <laughs> yes, influencers. Yes, interesting. That's a that's a whole other world of sponsorship. I feel like yeah. um, it's got its own own little niche. Um, yeah, you want to be looking at okay, well, how do I align with that brand? Um, and so, looking for some of those, like you said, more interesting creative activation opportunities. It doesn't always have to be sponsorship. Um, maybe you look to do some speaking, some internal speaking or motivational talks with their staff. Um, maybe you can help them with. Um, some charity activations that they've got going on. Um, Maybe it is a one-off influencer-style kind of relationship. Maybe that floats your boat and is going to work the best for you. But really looking at, you know, in terms of using your brand, okay, what what do their values look like and what do mine look like and how do they align? Um, And it's not always, well, they stand for, um, they're not against animal cruelty, but I am against animal cruelty. Sometimes it's more subtle things. Maybe one of their values is, um, adventure and risk taking and you're more relaxed and easygoing and that reflects in your values that wouldn't be a good fit if you're more relaxed and chill and beachy in their adventure and um, risk taking that's not a good fit and if people saw you align whatever way it was maybe it's influencing sponsorship speaking whatever it is that's not going to click well for people they're going to think that doesn't make any sense so sometimes it says more um 
subtle alignments as well that you want to be looking for. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we mentioned earlier about the importance of having the brand. Um, what is that relationship of having a brand and gaining sponsorship? How does that benefit you? Mm. There's lots of benefits when it comes to sponsorship. One of the big ones is being able to identify sponsors that work with your brand and that align with your brand um, and not just identifying the right ones but also being able to say no to, to the wrong ones. Um, again, it can be really simple, subtle stuff. So if you are that chill, relaxed, easygoing athlete, um, I had this conversation literally like two weeks ago with someone um, it wouldn't make sense for you to go for uh, a Red Bull. That that doesn't make sense. <laughs> so you know straight off the bat that, okay, if they were to approach me, it would be unusual if they approached the, the chill, easygoing athlete. But if they were to approach me, that would probably be a pretty easy no because it just doesn't make sense. I don't see how we could work together or do fun stuff or valuable stuff together um, because we, we just don't click. There's, there's not that good alignment. So it can help you identify who the right sponsors are and who the wrong ones are. If you're that athlete that really loves cooking, why don't you go and approach a, a cooking company or, um, you it's know, tips, <laughs> tips and, and do some some fun cooking activations um, and looking at how uh, your your skills and your assets and, and your interests and your passions, how they can help you benefit sponsors as well. So what are some of those skills that make up your brand? Is it um, writing? Could you go and do some some blog writing or some article writing or get them some media attention in some way um, and that would be using that brand skill set. So it can really help you look at, okay, what do I have to offer and also what do they have to offer me and, and does that brand and the values and everything align? Yeah, and I think there's two points here. Sometimes um, a perspective um, or, or athletes, sorry, I forget that it, sponsorship is a two-way streak. It's not just one way that if you've got sponsor, you're, sponsorship, that you're always there for the sponsor. Again, mm -hmm. It's got to be mutually um, beneficial for both both the people. And the second thing, I can't remember now, I should have wrote it down. <laughs> it was along the lines of. I'm sure it was good. <laughs> so long. Oh, I know. Um, the One of the biggest objectives I get is that money is money. So you're just saying about things being aligned. And I'm sure without doubt over the course of your career, you've had that objective as, as well. So if someone does like Red Bull come to you and you are more into yoga, um, how do you say A, no, or B, you know, when you need the money, how do you say, no, nah, it's all right, I'll just suck it up? Like yeah. I, but, you know, Can you explain to all like... You know, we know long term what the benefits can be, like complete disarray with your brand and not being able to identify, like not other sponsors not being able to identify who you are. Mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It is hard when you, if you need the money and if it is that subtle little difference of, okay, they're really into adventure and I'm more chill and easygoing, surely I can make that sacrifice. It's not really going to matter in the end. But what you probably will find is that that relationship is going to be stressful for you because you can't offer them real value exactly as you were saying before. It's a two-way street. You need to be offering each other value. And so it's probably not going to work in, in the long run. That relationship might end halfway through or it doesn't extend past year one of that sponsorship contract and then you're in the same position that you were in 12 months ago and you've got to go out and seek that new sponsor because that relationship didn't work because it wasn't aligned from the beginning um and saying no can be hard often it is about identifying you know who who it is 
who's going to be right for me from the outset. But saying no can be hard. Sometimes, you know, a nice softener is offering them another athlete, someone who does have that brand that aligns, someone who you know might need the money or would be a really good fit. Um, but brands are also, they, they appreciate honesty. And so if you tell them it just isn't a good fit, it's not because I don't like you or I don't think you're a good brand or I don't think we could have fun together. It's just not a good fit. I don't think. Not a fun person. I'm more into yoga. (laughs) I'm more into yoga. I don't think I can offer you real value. And they'll appreciate that. They will appreciate that you didn't want to waste their time. They may even, because of that conversation and your honesty, go on to recommend you to someone else. So it pays off in the long run. But it is a hard thing if you've got someone offering you buckets of money and it's that subtle difference, that's difficult. So that's why you need to, from the beginning, be looking for the right sponsors and um you know know who you do want to say yes to so that you can be able to say no even when it's really hard and so obviously with motorsports as you progress through the categories um you obviously have a lot of personal sponsorships but as you get into the larger organizations and more of them have the team sponsors Mm -hmm. how do you go when the team sponsor is against your values Like if you're a health butt and then all of a sudden you're getting sponsored by Red Bull or by Coca-Cola, but yet your personal brand is that you're a wellness warrior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really hard. It's really hard and it is something that people come up against. It's it's not just a fictional scenario. It's a real thing that happens to people. Um, I mean, there is a sense of sacrifice and that you do have to accept that to a degree because you're part of the team and you're part of that team brand and they have their own unique brand. And, you know, when you sign that contract, you do have to, you know, align with their brand. And But you are an individual outside of that sport and so you can stand on your own two feet as well and be making the decisions that are right for you um, and the sponsors that are right for you and develop that brand outside of that team brand so people know what you do care for and you do stand for but you can also have honest conversations with decision makers and say okay well maybe how could we make this work and um you know bring in your own activation ideas and talk about your values so having those honest conversations but um that is a really difficult um situation and it's 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 hard to have too much leeway it's difficult to have you know um, sway in that situation as well as one person of the team um, but yeah understanding what your brand is and what your values is and, and doing the best that you can with with a difficult situation like that yeah but it's important to let your team know like what you stand for your mm. values for your brand that yeah your personal sponsors are <laughs> <laughs> definitely definitely well, we also previously mentioned about off-track um, brand as well um, how's important is it around about how our family and friends perceive us obviously I always tell the athletes um, for social media to try and have two accounts social media accounts one their personal which is locked and one of their 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 profile of their racing Um, but also um, I'm very adamant about make sure you know your girlfriend's not there posting you um, sitting in the backyard and swimming pool having a smoke and a beer on the other hand or something like that when you're trying to sign a multi-million dollar deal or anything like that so yeah can you talk us through the importance of your brand off the track and how families and friends can influence that as well and just how um athletes do need to be mindful around social media content yeah it really comes back to integrity and if you're doing one thing on that personal account that's completely different to what you do on that public account if you think you can use your personal account to be sneaky and get away with things 
No, you cannot. All it takes is one person within your friends and family. Maybe you have a feud with them. Maybe they, you know, um, have, uh, you know, different ideas and they screenshot that, that post on your personal account. They send it to media or they post it somewhere else and then it can go gangbusters. And that's not nice. And it can, it really can happen even if you're a smaller athlete. Um, and so you need to be, um, you know, you need to align that brand offline and online. And so you can't use those private spaces that backstage to do whatever you want. So it's also about living your brand, you know, really living it in all situations and having a chat with friends and family about, hey, I am an athlete, I'm a public figure. People are looking to me. They perceive me a certain way. Um, when we have a party, could you not post me with with alcohol or going really wild on the dance floor? Whatever you're doing, you can have those. I know it's awkward because it's that sort of like, well, then what do they think of me that I want to hide certain parts of myself? Um, and I'm certainly not saying that you can't have fun in your personal life, but have those conversations with friends and family that please don't tag me in it or, or post it because I am a public figure and. Um, I'm trying to build a brand with integrity. Um, but the most important thing is don't think you can get away with everything on those personal accounts. <laughs> Not about to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, yep. But, yeah, like um, when COVID first hit, I mean, I just automatically start thinking about all of those um, rugby league players that went to the bush and they had they thought they were above the law and they, mm-hmm. even though they were at the bush, there was five of them around the barbecue. There was one grand final with two girls. <laughs> but, you know, like there's so many stories. Mm-hmm. They didn't think they were going to get caught or it wouldn't happen to me um, mm-hmm. that it has happened. But, um, yeah, I know certainly of some careers that have been, um, I was going to say demolished, but, uh, yeah, they're devastated purely because of social media content. Yeah. When yeah. I was younger, we didn't have it. <laughs> Yeah, and I think I also think there's been less of a conversation piece around online integrity in the last five or so years. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it was a big thing with high school kids and younger kids, and it was if you were ever photographed with a glass of wine on social media, you'd never get a job ever again. And then it's sort of dropped off in the last five or so years because we think everyone knows that you have to uphold a certain standard on on the internet. And then I see a lot of younger athletes really going wild and posting all sorts of stuff. And there needs to be another conversation piece and education around it because they don't know, they haven't received that sort of almost like scaremongering for them, like what can go wrong. Yeah. Um, So is that what you're working on next, shall I? (laughs) No, we have done a couple. We do, we do have an online integrity piece um, mm-hmm. to help people with that. Um, but yeah, it is really important to to have that online integrity and what you're doing in person. Make sure you're doing it online as well. Yeah, and when I'm working with the teams now, I'm um, certainly putting in just the basic social media policy um, and what that means for the team, even if it's just a team of, of two. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like we said, it's not just the drivers; it, it's the race team, so it's the family friends, volunteers, like everyone that's involved in that team that has to hear to the policy, um, you know, whilst they're engaged with that race team. Yeah, definitely. That's great. Otherwise, it's no good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So after um, we've identified what our brand is and, and we've worked out who would like to be aligned with it as far as sponsorship goes, mm-hmm. um, what else is in goes into developing a brand? Hmm. That's the fun part. 
then you get to go out and actually use it and activate it. So then you need to be looking for, okay, what are the opportunities that I actually want to go after? Mm-hmm. Might not just be sponsorship. It could be public speaking. It could be career-wise. What do you want to go for? Hate and better. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It could be all sorts of things. Might be writing a book, might be doing articles, building a profile more generally, whatever it is. Then you need to go, okay, well, how can my brand help me with that? Um, so let's say you do want to do um, writing. You want to have some sort of, um, I guess, media profile. You know that writing is one of your skills. It's one of your interests. What are some things that you could talk about? That's when you can look at those brand elements, okay? Um, I keep coming back to cooking, but you're really good at cooking. You really love cooking. Maybe it's healthy cooking, specifically healthy baking. Could you align with a food magazine and do some writing and some recipes for them? So looking at, okay, well, what, what are the opportunities that I want to go after and how can those brand elements help me look for those opportunities? So making the connections um, and also looking at those communication pieces. That's a really big part of branding is how can you communicate your brand because it's not always going after commercial opportunities. Sometimes it's having conversations, making connections, um, posting to social media, uh, creating resumes and sponsorship proposals and writing your bio and um, taglines and messages and all those sorts of things. So looking at what are your communication pieces and also how are you going to leverage that brand and use your elements um, to make those connections between those opportunities. So much to do. It's so daunting, isn't it? I know. Take it step by step. <laughs> you don't have to do everything all at once because, yeah, it can. And and that is a good point, actually, because athletes, you are so busy. You're doing training, school, trying to have a social life, maybe raising kids. Like there's so many things. So you don't have to do it all at once. You might want to get sponsored, do public speaking, be an ambassador, do charity activations. Do you have to do it all in the same year or could you just start out with charity activations and then move your way up. So you can prioritise things and, and start out small but be thinking of what the bigger picture is. Um, <clears throat> now, as we mentioned, there's been a pandemic for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and although a lot of things have changed for you, how has the branding changed for athletes over the last two years? Has there been a, a mind shift um, or change like yeah, with sponsorship, with branding, with the way people have um, branding themselves and I guess mm-hmm. has it gone more online or has people still been capturing those businesses that have been exceeding in COVID? Mm, yeah. Australia has been lucky for the most part. So we do have a slightly different experience to the rest of the world, but one of the big changes or shifts or the main shift we've seen is probably that move to online activations in terms of sponsorship and using your brand because we've had to a little bit but also because there has been such a big technology boom that we've been able to see okay well I could do zoom talks with corporates or um, I could uh, do Instagram lives for my sponsors or um, I could do TikTok. That was a big one that really blew up last year for athletes during the Olympics, um, which is fun. So we've seen, you know, we've had to shift online more, but also people have seen it as an opportunity to have online activations, build their profile, 
online. Um, I think TikTok has been a really big one. That had a moment during 2020. That that flew off and, and everyone used it sort of as like a coping <laughs> mechanism, I think, yeah. including athletes. Yeah. Um, and so we've seen them have a lot of fun on there and build profiles and build followings, especially during the Olympics and get to share their story there and bring in um, a new audience because that's one of the things that athletes struggle with is is reaching beyond that sporting audience and bringing in a regular person and trying to get them involved in the sport and TikTok has really allowed for that. You saw that during the Olympics, a lot of people saying, hey, I've never heard of table tennis before. I had no idea that was a sport but now I want to go and try it for Paris. <laughs> so we, we saw it bring in new people um, and get them interested in sport but definitely definitely there has been more of a shift to to online opportunities um, because of COVID. And I guess that's another really important um, point that you just made about more people being online so therefore the markets are getting more saturated with people being online. So being able to stand out, to have that uniqueness um, and being able to showcase who you are through your hobbies and passions is going to be able to get through all of that um, influx of new people on there. Definitely. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a big thing with brand is just being able to stick out a little bit, being able to be that athlete that they say, okay, well, I know that they're um, a soccer player, but they're also a soccer player that um, wears really eccentric hats. And so that's what I remember about them. Or Lewis Hamilton, who's now taken to wearing dresses. So Really? Yeah. I had not seen that. I'll send you some photos. Thank you. <laughs> I <laughs> I'm going to have to Google them myself as well. I have to see them immediately now. Okay. I did not know about that. This brand is changing. Okay. <laughs> but I guess I talk about him on a positive note. He has been very forward about change, about um, obviously about the gays being in motorsports. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all about we race at one now. It's a big rainbow. Oh, He's around, um the George Floyd thing about, you know, we race at one is the same slogan that they're mm-hmm. running. But he's been very... Um, you know, at the forefront of that. Fantastic. Also, Vettel has been at the forefront of, like, environmental and mm-hmm. has been staying back, cleaning up after a race meeting. You've mm-hmm. seen him walking through, um, picking up rubbish and yeah. stuff. Um, he actually is he's not on social media, mm-hmm. um, but he does all those kind of good um, social environment things. So Yeah, yeah, that's great. And people remember that stuff. You know, they, they often remember that more than the exact results that you got. It's it's some of those behaviours and what your reputation is. Um, that's how people will describe you to other people, to brands that they talk to, to other fans. We remember those. those getting things. employment at the end of it as well. Like, again, finding a career and getting employment after life, after sport. Mm. It's those kind of personality traits that's going to take you with you. Definitely. Do you have any tips or tricks? You've given us so many ideas about getting started with your brand development or tell us a little bit more about um, Elevate and, and the services that um, the brand builders offer. Uh, so we do education and development for athletes primarily through sporting organisations, but we do have resources for individual athletes. Um, so there's Elevate, we've got a sponsorship course. Um, Elevate covers really everything under brand so we do athlete brand on there social media um, career and development related to branding using your brand for career and development Um, what else public speaking um, all sorts of stuff you can find on there so it's really it's a pick a path decide what you you are most interested in and then go in and, and dive in on that one 
Um, so you can really explore whatever you want, which is nice because every athlete's different. Not not every athlete wants to to get sponsorship um, or or do social media. So you can go in and, and have fun with what you want to. Um, in terms of tips that I'll leave you with, let me think. I think one of my favorite ones, and I've sort of talked about this already, but is to um, start small but think big. So know what the bigger picture is. What are your end goals? Do you really want to be known as a um, motivational public speaker who talked about mental health and had big impact in, in local or rural communities? Maybe that's the end goal. That's that's the big picture for you. But that's a lot to work on. That's that's scary to start out with. That's your BHAG, your big, hairy, audacious goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you need to start a little bit smaller than that. Yeah. Um, and so be thinking about, okay, what are the first steps? What are the, the easy things that I can do? Maybe it's um, starting to talk about mental health on social media. Maybe it's doing some networking within the local community, getting close to um, government and local councils and making connections um, that way. Maybe it's just developing a content plan. Like you can go as simple as you want to um, and just have that end goal in mind, but be chipping away at it gradually. And you'll notice over the course of, you know, a few years, a few months, a few days, you'll slowly start to see, oh, okay, I'm getting closer and closer to that bigger end goal, but it's felt very manageable because it's just been little chunks along the way. Lovely. I'm just writing some notes there. Um, why are you passionate about Athlete Branding? Oh, so many reasons. Um, it's so long now. I know. It's been Started as a uni gig. It's just <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true, yeah. Started as a little shy um, uni student and now here I am. Um, Writing books, lecturing to Japanese Olympic committees. Yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy. But um, I think the thing that has always made me passionate about it is just the confidence boost that I see in athletes mm -hmm. when I came into it because I don't have a sporting background so when I came into it I saw athletes the way that every single person does as these ultra confident have everything together can do anything because of the performance results that you see and so you sort of see them as superheroes but they're actually very real vulnerable people mm -hmm. and so coming in and being a support person to them and helping them achieve their goals and get more confident in what they're doing and um, align their brand with those opportunities that I just love to see. And I, I love, I keep up with all the athletes that I mentor online afterwards. I just quietly stalk them and see what's happening for them because I'm like right there cheering. I'm, like, yeah. I'm so happy that you had that success. I'm so happy you got that sponsor, every single one. And I remember everything about them and all the little yeah. details. Sometimes I forget their names, but I know what each of their brand elements are. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy to see you succeeding on those things. So it's nice now because it has been quite a while and getting to see everyone you know people start to achieve some of those big end picture goals those those big big goals which is nice and what is your goal for 2022 my goal for 2022 i actually really want to write more <laughs> i think <laughs> i think writing more that's that's one of my goals so i've started a newsletter um, to share stuff about athlete brand mm -hmm. um, 
which has been something on my mind for a little while. It's one of, I'm a bit of a hypocrite. I talk about people building their brands and then I don't do a great job of building my own because I'm too busy helping other people. Um, And so I've decided to to write that newsletter and and put that out into the world and to just share that with people because I think um, I have some things to say in this space that that would be helpful to people. So that's probably one of my big goals for this year. To build your personal brand. Yeah, yeah, yep. Is there a difference between a personal brand and an athlete brand? Um, in terms of the elements, not really. The end goals, yes. Um, athletes are probably more focused on building public profiles um, and um, versus a regular person like me, not as much. On a smaller scale maybe, I have different goals that I'm working on someone who works in corporate probably isn't looking to go viral on TikTok but maybe they're looking to go viral on LinkedIn or, or something else so I think the goals are different but the general elements are not not that dissimilar dissimilar lovely well Charlotte always a pleasure to talk to you hopefully I'll talk to you before the next three years <laughs> <laughs> yes yes <laughs> Yeah, and um, hopefully this is going to be a fantastic year for sports everywhere in the world. Um, again, it's going to be interesting just with the Beijing Olympic Games coming up. Like, what's going to happen there with Australia with COVID? Um, obviously, we've got Grand Prix starting around the world and lots of different sports. Um, so fingers crossed, we get to have our fans back at the at the racetrack, at the swimming pools, at stadiums, arenas, everywhere around the world, and we get sport back up and running. And back to what it was in 2019, really, and yeah. get these athletes sponsored, and um, yeah, have these sports to continue to love for many more years to come. And thank you for everything that you do to for the athletes. Really appreciate it. And again, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Have a fantastic year, everyone. I hope you achieve all your goals. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this week's show. I really hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. Now, remember all the show notes with the links and the specials mentioned in today's show are available over at motivatetraining.com.au. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate if you could head to iTunes or Stitcher, type in Motorsport Coaching, subscribe and leave us a review. Each week, I'll read them out and you'll go into monthly draw to win a fantastic prize. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at motivatetraining.com.au or head over to our Facebook page at Motivate to Tea. Until next time, take care.